What's going on, everybody? FYB presents Wise Word Wednesdays, a quick live stream to help you get closer to accomplishing your dreams. I'm your host, Joe Spider, and I do represent the fresh. I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you to each and every person who took time out of their day, their very busy schedules, especially on this holiday season. Um, but you took time out of your day to, to be here, whether you're watching uh, right now as we are currently live on YouTube Live, Facebook Live, X Live, and Instagram Live. So shout out to StreamYard for allowing us to be on Instagram Live now, which is super dope. Um, but, um, or if you're listening to the recorded version that's on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from, I still want to say thank you for taking the moment out of your time to be here, uh, you know, with us. Now, I have got to ask you, if you're not already doing so, please follow the Wise Word Wednesday YouTube channel. Again, please follow the Wise Word Wednesday YouTube channel. This allows us to be able to see who's interested in our content, and it also helps in regards to when you hit the like button or the subscribe button. Uh, it allows other people to see the, the material as well, too, and the way YouTube works and the way just honestly all of these uh, different uh, social media platforms work is that it just allows other people to gain access to our content as well. So we appreciate you hitting that like button, hopefully hitting that follower subscription button, and then also being able to be notified about our content. Now, today I have a very special guest um, that's going to join the show uh, if you're familiar with the show, if you have been paying attention to our show these past couple of uh, uh, months that we've been, I think we are, I don't know if we're on episode like 13 or not 13, but 19 or 20 or something like that. But my man has been uh, super involved. He's definitely been in the comment section um, uh, and just super intelligent. I mean, this man is like a like a world traveler, pretty much. I mean, he's been everywhere. It seems like a lot of times he's also one of my fraternity brothers. So, um, a lot of times like, we'll I'll be out in somewhere in Southern California and I'll run into him or I'll be out even in Northern California where I stay and he'll be out here. So it's just always a blessing to see him in person, but, um, and it's also always a blessing his, um, you know, his interaction that he has with the, uh, you know, with the content that we're doing. It's just really, really dope. So without further ado, I really want to welcome to the show my brother, my man, Jason. What is going on with you, bro? How you doing? It's been a while. How you been? It's Thanks for, been thank you so much for having me. No problem, man. I appreciate you. First off, how was your Christmas? It's great. I'm actually uh, in Italy right now in the Venice area. <laughs> <laughs> World traveler, man. That's what's up. That's what's up. How long you been out there? Uh, it's been there. I landed uh, on the 24th. So I've been here since basically since Christmas. I'll be flying back to L.A. on the 3rd. Okay, no doubt, no doubt. Definitely always beautiful, man, To that you get to travel the world and, and see just different things, man. So it's always a sight to see. I, I love that for you. Um, today, we have a very interesting episode, right? I think that um, there's been a lot of stuff going on in this world. Um, and uh, I've seen a lot of different coverage of 
what's happening in Gaza. And oftentimes I've seen the pressure of people demanding a response, people demanding um, other folks to be outspoken. People are demanding us to to calls for a ceasefire and to 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 protest and just so much right that that I've seen personally on social media and it's not that I disagree with any of it um it's just been extremely challenging for me because I'm not well educated on the matter and so I'm hoping and I'm excited because when I was talking with Jason earlier to say like hey what do we what, what should we talk about tonight you know, he brought up the idea of giving his perspective on on Gaza because you you had some educational background in it, and again, just you being a a traveler, and so it's 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 it hits a lot more home to you because it's closer to you. Um, so first off, you know, Jason, what is your perspective? Because again, I've been I've been trying to do a little bit of of research about it, but I I just admit that I don't know enough to see who's right, who's wrong. I know that there is media out there, but I'm always hesitant about what to believe in the media when talking about things like Gaza because um, we see how they talked about Martin Luther King in the media, right? He was labeled a terrorist. Mm. We see how they talked about Malcolm X, he was labeled a terrorist. The Black Panther Party was labeled terrorists. Like Asada Shakur, Afini Shakur, like all these mm. different people, Matulu Shakur, right? Like the a lot of different people that we've seen, um, you know, in the media portrayed as a terrorist or the enemy. Really, you know, from our perspective, because we're in America, we're in the Black communities, we're like that's a lie. Um, and so I've been hesitant to see like, who's the enemy, who's the bad person or, you know, not to see, but to speak out because again, I don't know whether I'm being fed an agenda mm -hmm. or whether I'm being fed the truth. And it's very hard from my perspective. It's hard to kind of dismantle or to decipher through that truth. So I'm hoping you could educate me and any of the listeners on the truth about what's happening in, in, in Gaza from your perspective. Sure. So uh, to give some context, um, my background is um, I went to I graduated from Cal State University, Long Beach, uh, majored in political science, emphasis, international relations. I also am a, a, a combat veteran of the U.S. Army. I was in Iraq three times in the 2003, 2005, 2007. So I have a, a clear um good perspective about what's been going on in the Middle East for the past 20 plus years, or even before this past, um, in the 20th century. So, um, and I've also written papers um, uh, about, you know, various historical events that happened in that region of the world. Um, so to answer your question about um, various sources, I would say any source that is actually a valid news organization whether it's a newspaper or um, uh, or a news channel, all of them are actually very informed, whether it's CNN, NBC, um, New York Times, LA Times. Um, and, and most of those organizations actually speak the facts, but they actually lean left. 
for obvious reasons and it's not it's not really by design it's just like if you're a journalist you tend to actually search for um sources and um uh report reporting on an objective scale so you tend to uh, you, you tend to um basically no matter which news organization you work for you get all the facts up out out there and they tend to lean left though the only channels i will say not to watch obviously will be fox news or should i say fixed noise for obvious reasons because <laughs> even though they lean to the right it's downright fabrication and it's downright straight propaganda something that north korea would actually slobber over mm. so if i'm not that hopefully that answers that quite your question on that regard right. okay it does so it does. okay so when it comes to now regarding what's going on in israel we have to go back way to the biblical times so let me let me put this in perspective so for since the 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 dying the, the death of jesus christ jews have basically been had no homeland to call their own so for 2000 years they had been all over the world in places temporarily or they were moved they moved there but because of constant discrimination and downright harassment and pogroms which in other words means that they get targeted and they actually been banished out forcefully by, killed, by mass murder or been banished out of their own homes whether it's in russia or in everywhere anywhere in europe they have been basically been discriminated against okay so going through the 20, 20th century before world war one there has been what is called the zionist movement in other words a, a jewish nationalist movement has been going around and wanting to uh, go back to the home home that has been you know that is meant for them you know since biblical times that um, that would be at the time called palestine okay so there's been movements to they've been trying there've been movements there've been people going back to palestine you know in droves long before and during the world wars but the catalyst for actually establishing Palestine as Israel was by the UN in 1948 for obvious reasons when the Holocaust had occurred. So the UN had promised Israel, the Jews, Jewish people, that Israel would be an established um, Jewish state. There's Here's the problem. What was called Palestine, Muslims have been living there for 2,000 years. And, you know, Obviously, they're called Palestinians. So, what happens once they have the UN have this mandate in 1948? Well, we have to kind of push them over to these areas, these density areas that that actually do uh, border Egypt, the West Bank, and the Gaza Strip, and the Golan Heights north, that's up north towards the country of Jordan. And unfortunately, you know, they can't immigrate to places like Jordan, Syria or Egypt because you know those countries don't want them either so they are forced into these settlements along these three areas where they have been brutalized and of course you know Israel has been surrounded by enemies they actually have survived three wars one in um as against Egypt 
you know, a little shortly after 1948. Then there was the the Six Day War in 1967, and then the Yom Kippur War in 1973, where they almost got surrounded um, and got crushed by, you know, e the Egyptian the Egyptian army, the Syrians, you know, even Lebanon up north. Now, just to put this in the context, Israel is literally the size of New Jersey, so it's a very small country but for the smallness of the of the country that it is it compensates by having the one of the strongest military in the world which is a, which has actually been financed by us because we as an, as taxpayers we pay up to depending on what sources you you um you read will be 4 to 6 billion dollars a year so um just to put that in perspective so when we had these three, when the Israelis had these three wars, they expanded their territories. And in the process, they kept pushing the Palestinians in, into these, um, these settlements to a point where Gaza is one of the most densely populated areas in the world of at least 3 million, 2.5 to 3 million people. Now, during this whole process, Palestinians have basically been brutalized for the last almost 70 years that makes what we have experienced here during Jim Crow look like we were in paradise, literally. I mean, they've been brutalized on a daily basis. They have literally no rights. They, they have no access to, to any sort of um, citizenship in Israeli. Basically, they've been forcefully settled to a point where their constant protest and people dying on a daily basis by either by the IDF, which is the Israeli Defense Force, or their own their own police force. So, in the process during during all this, Palestinians formed what is called the PLO in the seventies, which is basically the Palestinian Liberation Organiz Organization. And during that time, they were able to have their own political party with the Knesset, which is kind of like the Israeli White House, as representation. But unfortunately, the PLO has become weakened over time in the 80s because also at that time, you also had a, a, a bunch of um, Palestinian terrorist organizations that formed up like Black September and such that have been um, attacking you know, various um, Israeli, Israeli locations. Then over time, in the 80s, comes Hamas. And Hamas is, a, is a, not just a, ter a, a Palestinian terrorist organization. It's also a, also has its own political party as well. So the, Hamas has taken completely over the PLO to a point where it seems that Hamas represents uh, Palestinians as a whole people, which is not true. Uh, and I'm gonna give you my opinion of that um, after this sure. historical um, this historic, historical lesson. So now um, the PLO was headed by this man, this Palestinian nationalist slash terrorist, which is controversial because he also at one point won the Nobel Peace Prize by a guy named Yasser Arafat. Now. Over the course of time, the Israelis and the Palestinians, with the help of the White House, 
for throughout various presidents from Jimmy Carter up to even, you know, our current president has been having, trying to have these negotiations about, okay, how are we going to settle this issue with the territories and where do Palestinians stand? Because we can't, we already had this mandate since 1948 for the Israelis. What about the Palestinian question? Well, we had a, an opportunity to do so in 1993 under Bill Clinton's presidency, which was what's called the Oslo Accords. During that time, um, we had the prime minister named Yisvet Rabin, I believe his name was, and Yasser Arafat from the PLO, who Clinton had negotiated that there was going to be a two-state solution that the Palestinians have their own, t their own country juxtaposed to his Israel. Yasser Arafat said no, absolutely not. So when so basically he wanted basically all the territory of Israel to become Palestine or nothing. And since then he died in 2004 and we had not and the PLO or the Palestinians has yet to have any leader to uh, replace Yasser Arafat to bring you know the Israelis back to the negotiating table to settle this territorial dispute and the status, uh, political status of the Palestinians in that time. And so since then, since 1993, we have not been able, not even with any U.S. president, been able to have any negotiations, you know, with between the Palestinians and the Israelis about what to uh, become of the Palestinian question. Now you have a situation where you have a a thug of a prime minister um, who who uh, I personally cannot stand. I I have him in a brain fire. I don't remember his his name um, uh, right now. But basically, he's been brutalizing the Palestinians, and he's also violated the. Um, he rewrote the Israeli constitution so he could be re. Um, we um, elected is as it, prime is it minister. Is it Mohammed? No. Stari? No. Okay. No. 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 It, no. His it, it, his nickname is Bibi. His name it, it escapes me right now. I can't really stand him because he's was the worst. He's the worst prime minister um, that uh, the Israelis has has had, okay. and the only reason why he has it so hard against the Palestinians is because his own brother who was an uh, IDF officer was killed during a raid that he had when he was fighting against Hamas, uh, a Hamas uh, cell, you know, in the eighties. Is it so Benjamin him, Netanyahu? Net Netanyahu? Netanyahu. Yeah. Netanyahu. Okay. Yeah. Netanyahu. Nickname BB. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm just looking it up as you're talking. So just trying to yes. educate myself. So yeah. So yeah. Netanyahu. I can't, I really can't stand that guy. I mean, he is, he, to, to, to put this in, you know, in conclusion, what happened on October 7th, Netanyahu instigated this, especially when he's been basically, uh, you know, of has accused corruption for rewriting the constitution so he could be actually be voted back into office so almost a third time he's about as bad as putin at this point and he basically says the palestinians have no rights whatsoever we're not giving them any any uh, negotiations nothing we're going to actually going to have more settlements against the palestinians so because of that 
Hamas had, you know, had planned this attack, which to me, I was kind of, I knew it was something like this was going to happen. It was just a question of when, but the way it was so well organized, it shocked me because I thought, how the hell did Mossad, which is this, the, the Israeli equivalent to the CIA, how did they, how did they miss out on this intelligence? Because, you know, you know, especially with the Jordanian intelligence, the Egyptian intelligence, how did they, did they not pick this two pincer move that, that Hamas had done? And remember, and also to give more con more context, even before this attack that happened two, uh, two months ago, uh, Hamas has been shooting Katusha rockets towards various uh, um, cities, you know, across from Gaza all over to places outside Tel Aviv has harassment fire. So you both you're basically having a situation where you having just two 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 entities that are just kind of facing at each other, you know, just waiting for something to happen at any given time. And so now I, we have a situation I want to I want to just kind of make sure that I'm comprehending this and make sure that people that are watching are are comprehending mm -hmm. this as well too. So it sounds like what's happening is there are a few P Palestinians mm -hmm. that are labeled Hamas. Yeah, it's a terrorist they organization. Are, and they are the terrorist group that are attacking the other group which the Israeli government, the, the, the Israel. Israel. They're, they're just they, they want all of Israel. Yeah. Okay, okay. They want the total annihilation of all of Israel. Okay, complete. Okay, so and they're the one. Hamas is the one that was responsible for yes. the the mm -hmm. October seventh attack. Hamas, yes, that was Hamas. Yes. However, Israel has decided to retaliate against all Palestinians. No, because of what happened. I'm just no. trying to again. I'm trying to make sure I understand. So I could be completely butchering it. So I just want to make sure I got clarification. What Netanyahu has said, hey, he's going against Hamas. Here's a problem. Okay. If anybody is familiar with insurgency or guerrilla warfare, you're in a situation where you be fight. You could be fighting the enemy in plain clothes. You have no idea who is who is the enemy. You know when you're committing. Uh, operations like urban warfare and such. Right. I mean, think about it this way. The last conventional war war we've ever had in human history was World War II because you had literally armies against armies in identifiable uniforms where, you know, you kill or you capture, right. you know, by it war or attrition. It was very easy to, to, to tell the yes. difference between a citizen and that a particular mm -hmm. army member because they had their uniforms. They were yes. clearly dressed for war. But, you know, mm -hmm. like when you're talking about guerrilla warfare, that's where it's like we're going into areas that we don't know the difference between the citizens and the soldiers because they're not dressed in a particular uniform. It could be out there in the woods. It can be on the yep. street. It like Vietnam. Anywhere. Exactly. Like, just like Vietnam. So you're, you're so Netanyahu wants the, his own IDF to go into Gaza to actually smoke out, should I say, Hamas. Here's a problem: How the hell are you gonna do that when they are actually um, hiding amongst the civilian population? And what pissed me off is that like, he is dropping bombs, two thousand um, 
2,000 pound bombs in urban areas that has not, we, it's something we have not seen since Vietnam. I said, you will might as well be a, a damn war criminal. You, you know, I, so you, I've been, you're about as bad as Kissinger. Right. So, so what I've been seeing, and I watched a, um, I don't know if you're familiar with, uh, there's the YouTube channel Jubilee, where they mm -hmm. had two different groups. They had, you know, Palestinians and they had Israel, Israel. Do you say Israelites or how do you Isra Israelis? Israelis. There we go. Israelites is biblical times. Look, <laughs> I'm going. Um, but they had so Palestinians and, and Israelis having a conversation. It was four and four, and they were kind of talking. And so that's where I tried to get a little bit of understanding of of the conflict mm -hmm. there. But mm -hmm. um, what I did gather based on that, and then other articles, and obviously different Instagram pages and things like that, was that. Hamas, although Hamas was the target that Israelis have decided that wherever we think Hamas is, that's where they are and that's where we're going to target. So there's been um, there have been uh, uh, hospitals blown up, churches, villages, communities where thousands of people have died. Is, is that is, am I correct in that? That is a violation of the U.N. of the U.N. of the U.N. Treaty. That's a complete violation because what you're doing is you are actually targeting civilians when you do right. this. Right. And again, how you say we want a victory against Hamas. How the hell are you going to do that in an urban setting? And what constitutes, what constitu first of all, what constitutes a victory? Who is the enemy? Mm -hmm. And how can you tell who, who, who is Hamas or not, or, or is sympathetic to Hamas's, um, Hamas's um, game plan. I mean, and because I sympathize with what Hamas is doing, does that make me a terrorist? Mm. And what does and, and does Hamas represent me as a Palestinian? No. But here's my problem with Palestinians, and I'm not saying I don't sympathize with their with with what was going on with them. Right. They should have not allowed Hamas to take over as a political wing after the PLO was basically been voted out of office. They should have had m more people, m a movement, and not had allowed Hamas to take over politically. So in other words, and it sounds hard when I say this, Palestinians kind of asked for this because you knew exactly Hamas what their goal was, and you allowed them to take over, you know, your affairs politically to where they have basically butchered Israelis, you know, outside of Gaza. Like I said, since 1993, neither side has had any leaders who were willing to go back to the negotiating table and undo what Arafat had basically unraveled before he died. So my question then, right, because it sounds like the information that you're saying is similar to what I've been able to gather, except mm -hmm. you, you know, you have more, more um, insight versus what I've been reading. It's, it's a little mm -hmm. bit more detailed that, you know, because of, like I said, your research on it, your experience traveling and your military experience as well too. You have a different understanding of the conflict. But for me, I'm, I'm wondering how should we as citizens 
respond to what is happening because again, there are people out there who are like, I don't know who I'm because there there are some people who are like, pray for Israel, like pray for Israel, Israel, Israelis are dying and they 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 shouldn't be harmed. And then you have other people like, no, like pray for the Palestinians and it da, 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 da. And I'm just more like I would I would love to say cease fire, like period, like no Me more too. people dying, but at the same time. I just think of it as I, I think of it to the time of when the Black Panthers were in mm-hmm. America, right? And yeah. a lot of people were like, you know, were masking the Black Panthers or at least showing the Black Panther Party as terrorists, and they were showing them as violence, violent and criminalistic and things like that. Mm-hmm. But in reality, we were like, no, they're being attacked and they're just responding to that attack. But how do we as Americans, um, because a ceasefire may stop the death, but it doesn't stop the treatment, right? Because you said they've been, you know, Palestinians have been stuck in this position where I don't believe they control the food and the water and the resources that go in and out of Gaza. Absolutely not. So how do, how do, because a ceasefire stops people from dying through rockets and, and things like, and violence, but it doesn't stop starvation. It doesn't stop, you know, bad water in the, you know, water supply. It doesn't stop, you know what I mean? Like all of these different resources, electricity. I heard some of them, people don't even have electricity for half the day. So how does it like, what, what do you recommend that we as Americans, uh, you know, civilians should do to, or at least how should we even respond to what's going on? Well, here's what you do. Um, and as taxpayers, we finance the military for the IDF. Because like I said before, we, they, we've, we contribute. Which can I say, my bad, I don't mean to interrupt, but it's crazy how we can't clear these student loans, but we can fund two wars going on at the same time. I just think that is hilarious. But anyway, well, my bad. That there, was just that, I digress. My fault. That I just I, I no, I, I understand your point of view, but I'm gonna give you some insight as to why we do this. Mm-hmm. Remember what happened in ni- after 1940, you know, before 1945, right? That was World War II, was it was in 1940. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So because of what happened, we did not want what happened in 1945 or up to 1945 to happen again. And then remember, we also had the Cold War. So we had an imminent threat at that point with the what was called the Soviet Union. So now that the Soviet Union has been 30 years since the Soviet Union crumbled, now we are the and only... For those that don't know, the Soviet Union is now Russia, for those that don't yes, know. Yes, correct. So, um, so now we are the only superpower that remains after uh, you know the 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 solution the soviet union in 1991 so we are responsible for being the world police and in in the process of that we are going to be the ones that's going to earmark the most money the most munitions the most military supplies vehicles however to any uh, ally that we have especially when it comes to nato or in this case, Israel, because remember, we need a buffer in the Middle East just in case something goes down with places like Iran or, you know, dealing with the Houthis, the, um, the Houthis in Yemen or even like Hezbollah in Lebanon. So another reason why we finance them, Israelis, is because we need a buffer in the Middle East just in case something bad happens and i've been there and it's like 
a powder keg at any given point. So um, I understand, and I understand your <laughs> cynicism about that, but there's legitimate reasons why we finance, you know, other countries when it comes to them, when it comes to their own self-defense. Now, because we're citizens that pay our taxpayers go to finance various militaries like the IDF, this should be actually a concern because, okay, we're financing Israel, but we're also allowing them to brutalize the Palestinians. Okay, Israeli people, are you telling me you don't have any other um, candidate who could be a prime minister who is not a hawk as Bibi? Mm. Also, how is it that every time you also have Israelis in the Knesset or are just people in Israel who are far right as any hard domestic far right wingers here in our country who basically is, is very racist against Muslims or even Palestinians for that matter. And you allow a section of the population to vote for these types of politicians into the Knesset, right? So, um, you should hold, we should hold both the Israelis and Palestinians responsible for this constant um, tug of war they're having over territory that they have. Now, you know, um, the, our president can do but so much when it comes to, you know, negotiate. Hell, Clinton did his best, and even he was pissed off after, the, you know, the Oslo Accords didn't go as planned when he basically uh, facilitated those negotiations. So um, what needs to be done, and this has to be done also at the UN level, you know, and this is something that, you know, even our, the incumbent president should say is, you know, once the ceasefire happens, there has to be diplomats on both sides with our support and from the rest of the UN to actually have a two-state solution or at least have it to where the Palestinians can coexist in Israel and have the same access, same rights as, as um, Israelis do. Mm. But the problem, there's another, there's another factor is, is the religious undertones to this. Okay. So, you know, for Israelis, it was their God-given right back to the land after 2,000 years of being forcibly removed, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then for the Muslims, the Palestinians in this case, they uh, feel that, you know, they've been there first for 2,000 years, and, you know, they have the right to the land as much as theirs. So is there's really no easy solution to this, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, what we can do as Americans and, you know, we can be informed and say, look, you know, we, you know, this has gone on for 70 years too long. Yeah. Israel, you know, Palestinians, you force these, these Palestinians into these settlements where they have no access to resources like you guys do in Tel Aviv, for example. So, you know, both you guys, both parties are responsible for the, the plight that they put themselves in right now. And, okay. but again, first solution, 
And I think to me, what BB had done was political suicide, especially mm-hmm. when you say he's going after Hamas the way he's going. As a, you are about to, you know, if you're not careful, he'll end up being a war criminal. Mm. They'll be condemned by the UN as well. Right. So there's really no easy solution to this other than diplomacy that has to be facilitated by us as so, the Sloan superpower. So, okay. So, and, and again, just for those that are just joining, by Bibi, he means, uh, he's talking about Netanyahu, who is the prime minister of Israel. That's what he means when he says Bibi. Yeah. Um, he's talking about That's Benjamin Netanyahu. His nickname, his nickname. is Bibi. Um, and so, so my question then okay so we know that we need to call call for a ceasefire Mm -hmm. and then the next thing after that would be for delegations from each party to be able to give a diplomatic and reasonable and safe two country system or two-party system within gaza that is equitable for both parties to be able to exist but other than that uh, which I think it would be an awesome plan. Like I think that would be really good to to be able to implement if both sides were willing to do that. Uh, but I think that's, that's the necessary. that's the billion dollar question. Exactly, Are both sides willing to do it. One exactly. of them obviously no. Right, right. So I wanted to get your perspective on something that recently happened. Uh, Sean King who is a political uh, mm-hmm. civil rights justice activist um, in the black community. He has been mm-hmm. all over the world on a lot mm-hmm. of things and a lot of issues and been like one of those people that stands out. I have my own perspective about people like that, but I do want to still acknowledge the work that goes into doing that kind of thing consistently. Yeah. The, the trauma that you have to constantly endure um, while still trying to support others in that sense. So like I said, I have my own perspective, but I'm going to give respect to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he recently had his Instagram account banned because of his pro-Palestinian stance. Um, at least that's what his perspective is. Are you familiar with that at all? Yes, and I've heard that he – I don't follow him too closely, but I do know he's been controversial in other topics for whatever reason, which I, it seems like he's more of a journalist, but you know, I don't know much about him per se. But I did see that, and unfortunately what, 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 what pisses me off of, of situations like that is where is the protection of free speech, Right. No matter how reprehensible it is, mm-hmm. you know, for example, Mark Lamont Hill was actually been fired f- f- about at least five years ago from CNN for him bringing up the issue about the brutality that the Palestinians have gone through. And they accused him for being anti-Semitic. Excuse me, you know. Just because I have a problem against the Israeli government does not make me an anti-Semite. I'm not going to lie. So, so Jason, we we can that we'll, we'll I'm going to have to bring you on another time where we can have a full right. topic, a breakdown on anti-Semitism, the ADL. Because mm-hmm. I don't know if you know right now, but also the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan is currently suing the ADL. Mm-hmm. Um, for I think it's a five billion dollars or so. It's a five billion dollar lawsuit mm-hmm. because what the ADL is doing, or at least my 
understanding of it. And again, we can we can have we'll save this for part two. But my yeah, under, that's fine. I to bring, my my understanding of it is that the ADL is looking to basically make it criminal to have uh to be anti-semitic if you have anti-semitic like quotes or anything like that if you're labeled an anti-semite then there should be legal action that the government should be able to take like penalize like prison time or things like that and so would there be so they're going to be like germany now Correct. I don't agree with which I don't agree with either. Exactly. So I I think that we we and I have to have that conversation on the next episode about that because that is something a whole different can of worms that I think we need to talk about. But yeah, in regards to your perspective on you know Mark Lamont Hill, which he's also been covering this a lot, that what's happening, Mm -hmm. guys, and I follow him on YouTube live and and follow you know I've listened to some of his content, which I would encourage everybody to go over to Mark Lamont Hill's YouTube because he does have some good perspective. That's all, even if you don't agree with everything it's always good to get that perspective just to hear hear him out and he's a well educated man on a lot of different different things there but an actual an actual journalist an actual journalist um but going back to what you said about sean king and about mark lamont hill in regards to free speech um Mm -hmm. i i sent this to a group chat of mine and i i said it this morning i was like what happened? And again, this is just my perspective. What happened to Sean King? I believe this kind of it's not new because we've always knew that if you control the media, you control the message. Right. Mark, yeah. uh, I think it was Malcolm X that said that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we know that certain people have been painted a certain way in the media by the media because they wanted to continue to do uh, heinous things towards certain people. But what mm. I did say was. And during the pandemic, when there were people that were saying some information that was anti-vaccination, um, anti—you yeah. know what I mean—all these different anti-COVID, right? They were like, mm-hmm. "COVID doesn't exist," blah blah blah, a bunch of things. And even then, as well, even when you had our president at the time saying outrageous things in regards to the pandemic as well, we as a society okayed it for their for people's freedom of speech to be limited like social media was literally removing people's posts accounts and things like that if they said something that was on the contrary to what what the mainstream media had said in regards to the covid vaccine the covid mm-hmm. disease as a whole or the covid um uh, uh 19 infection or whatever so yeah when we okayed it during that time as a as a society we were like yeah silence those people who are telling lies silence them even though it's technically that's a you know a violation of their free speech what we said was it's okay because it's their platform and they have the right to say that they don't want anything on their platform that they don't think is right so we agreed it there but it set an interesting precedent for now at this time where we have someone like Sean King who is advocating for Palestinians got his account taken away or banned because they're saying we don't we feel like you're supporting a terrorist group and we don't appreciate that now whether or not Palestine Palestinians are a terrorist group i think you know i i Based on what I know, I would not, but I'm not 
you know, it, I guess it depends on perspective, right? Like if you're an Israeli, you might say, no, nah, these Palestinians are a terrorist group because they're not obeying the laws that we set and that we want. And they're not doing exactly what we want them to do, blah, blah, blah. But people that are Palestinians might be like, we're not a we're not a terrorist group. Y'all are a terrorist group or the terrorist group is, you know what I'm saying? Hamas. The idea. That's not us. You know, the the, idea. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So so I think that we set an interesting precedent for people to be able to have their free speech silenced during that time of chaos, which for me, I always said, I don't hold anybody accountable per se to how they responded during the pandemic, because that time was unprecedented for all of us. I I don't, it's, it's never happened to us ever. It's never had a worldwide shutdown in this way. So I, some people were like, I'm anti-vaccination. Some people were like, I'm getting vaccinated 13 times if I have to. I was like, look, I understand each person has to make this decision for themselves because we've never been here before and we don't Mm -hmm. know, right? We're still learning on the go. But for this one, it seems a little different, right? So what's your perspective on, I know I just did a whole, no, you know, I, I, I was, no, I got you. I know I got you. Here's the difference between free speech when it comes to a public health issue versus Sean King. Mm-hmm. When you talk about misinformation about COVID-19 mm-hmm. at the time, these social media companies had to shut it down because it was a question of public safety. Mm. It's kind of like, you know, it's, it's kind of it's kind of like you know when Trump said, for example, President Trump Take said <laughs> that no 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 I, no when he said that this vote this election was a fraud the first the the first night of the election when Arizona took um you know was going for Biden and Fox even news even reported it when he said this is a fraud CNN did exactly what they should have done and said shut that sh- shut that footage down because what he's saying is complete misinformation right these companies when it comes to free speech it does not cover private companies if they feel it is against public interest they have the right to shut free speech down mm-hmm. so in the case of covid when you had people especially medical personnel that said this is a hoax we should not be vaccinated these social media companies had to shut them down as a question of public safety. Mm-hmm. Now, when it comes now, when it comes to Sean King, why are they shut him down? Did he say explicitly anything anti-Semitic or that he supported Hamas? Because based on what that statement you told me, it didn't seem like he was supporting or advocating for what Hamas has done. I uh, see. I don't know because I don't follow Sean King that much. I like either. I said, I'm just aware of some of the things that he's done. He's been outspoken. I listened. I watched like a t- there was like a 12 minute video that I saw that of him talking about it uh, last night. I watched it, mm-hmm. and he he didn't say specifically what he said. He just said that he was covering what was happening to Palestinians, and he talked about how you know he's been in communication via Instagram with people that are on the grounds in Gaza. Mm-hmm. And he's just trying to give information out. And so, again, I don't know what he did, what he specifically said that got his account taken. I just think that um, I guess one could argue, again, I don't know, and I don't have a dog Mm -hmm. in this fight per se. One could argue that if he was pro-Palestinian, then that could be against public safety for Israelis. And so they could say, nope, that we don't want that on our platform so that's why we if have he said 
see to me if he said like you know i'm against the brutal the brutalizing of palestinians that'd be different if he says something that I'm for what Hamas has done, that'd be completely different. Now, th- that's why I'm wondering. Yeah, and I'm sh- I'm still going to do research on this myself. Okay, cool, cool. Why, so, why he, why he, why, why they would have shut? Because he must have said something really serious for them to actually shut it down. But again, you know, just because you you're pro Palestinian does not make you pro Hamas. Period. Right. Right. Um, so, and I think that's a common, um, assumption that we don't have is right. Cause a lot of people just assume if you're pro Palestine, right. Then you're also basically saying you want Hamas as well. And that's not that's the not case. True. Like those are, they're, they're separate, um, entities essentially. Like they're so separate, completely different. You know? Absolutely. And so, yes. and so I think that distinction is important, right? When we're talking about it, because someone can say, yo, free Palestine, like free the Palestinians, like we need to stop killing the, them and not be pro Hamas. And so mm-hmm. I, I think oftentimes, because there are people from the Jewish community who are hurting from what's going on as well. Like they're, they're yeah. like, well, I know friends and things like that. Both sides have family members massacred exactly. over the course of decades. Right. Just for, for them putting, they're shooting Katusha rockets at each other mm-hmm. over the, over, over the, over the strip or what have you. So, I mean, it's gotten to the point that everybody at some point or another in in that re in that country alone is being affected directly by this. Mm. Yeah. Like I, I said, I don't know. yeah. It's, it's again this two state solution with mm. diplomats or political leaders on both sides who are willing to negotiate. Because until you have what is close to we had back in 1993, you're gonna have this ad infinitum. Do you see um, a ceasefire happening anytime soon? And and I'll also ask, what do because our ours our funding is going towards which side? The Israel Israelis. The Israelis, the Israeli okay. government, but it's going to be earmarked for the IDF and for their intelligence. Correct. So, at what point do we say? Do what accountability do we have for the innocent Palestinians that have been killed by U.S. military-grade weapons? We could actually watch, politically speaking, you're not going to agree with me on this one. We, as a nation, could just wash our hands like Pontius Pilate and wipe our, wash our hands of the matter because, like, we earmarked this, these, this money to your for your defense. What you do afterwards, we're not responsible for. Yes, we'll condemn mm. you got the IDF for what they've done, but we are not we as Americans, taxpayers are not directly responsible for what the IDF has, has been doing. So, you know, we will con- we will so we can condemn the Knesset for what they're doing with the Palestinians. But we're not responsible because six billion dollars, four to six billion dollars a year—that's earmarked already. There's no questions asked. 
there's no negotiation in, in, in Congress. It's passed by both houses, both houses of Congress, and that's that's it. Now, what the prime minister does afterwards, that's on the Knesset side. Gotcha. We're not responsible. Okay. And we have a question that someone asked. They said they would wanted to know your thoughts on the UN resolution vote and the UN veto by the US for a ceasefire. That is a kind of a hard one. The mm. only reason why I would think that's going to happen, that, that, why we did not vote for that resolution is because we need Israel as a buffer in that region. It's straight politics. Yeah, it's not. It's not about what's right, what's moral. It's about the int- our own national interests, and having Israel as a buffer in that region is paramount to our national security. I hope that answers that question. Yeah, thank you. I, I appreciate you for that, and I appreciate you clarifying. Um, you know our responsibility or maybe our lack of accountability in the sense of what they choose to do with the funds. But do you Mm. think that's still immoral to a certain degree? If we know for a fact that we're going to give these funds to Israel regardless, but if they turn around and use those funds or we're going to give these weapons to Israel and they turn around and use those weapons on innocent Palestinians, do you do you find that to be like is that immoral for America? Is that immoral for us to do? Do you think we have the responsibility uh, to to no longer financially support them until they decide? Especially because we know that what they're doing is against um, against UN law, like against right. you know the the it's it's it violates war. It, it constitutes a war crime, basically. Yes, you know it does. I mean? Yes, it does. Um, Yes, I mean it's condemned. It it would be we should condemn them, but of course, like I said, that those that money is earmarked by default. the The only difference is this incident happened two months ago and it escalated because of a certain prime minister. To where you know now countless Palestinians are being affected by his, should I say, thuggery. And his, and his recklessness of how he's doing these oper- performing these military operations, um, and most people, I mean, most Americans don't realize that their tax, their tax, what they're paying taxes for finances also. Like, for example, and I'm switching the topic a bit. Like, what's sure. going on in Ukraine? I hear people all the time talk about we shouldn't be financing Ukraine. Really? So are you telling me, do you want Russia in, in Eastern Europe's doorstep and they're actually part of NATO as well? Is that what you, is that what you want for them to encroach into our allies doorstep? Cause they yeah, almost are close to in Poland. Yeah. A, a lot of people, when they, when we talk about, um, uh, when we talk about, when we talk about wars, right. And we talk about how it ultimately l- macro from the macro perspective how it affects us a lot of people don't know that they just think there's a war going on outside of our country we got our own issues we need to fix ourselves before we can do anything outside but they don't understand that it's almost like playing chess right it's like Mm -hmm. if they capture you know what i mean your knight 
right? Or your bishop, that mm -hmm. stops you from being able to protect the king later on down the line. But they don't see that. All they see is, oh, so you're going to go and sacrifice your rook to protect your knight yeah. or your bishop as mm -hmm. opposed to just letting them take that. Like it's one, it's one piece, let it go. So a lot of people don't understand the, the complexity of war, the complexity of politics and the complexity of, um, uh, international relations. Inter there we go. International relations and our placement within certain spaces and how that makes us vulnerable if other people mm -hmm. were to gain access to that. So right. definitely understand you um, on that part. Yeah. And yeah, so it, it is funny because I was just reading something that, you know, Congress, or should I say the Republicans, actually at the very last minute actually, uh, you know, you know, approved 250 million for, you know, the Ukrainian army, which is, was, it's not enough, but it's still something. I'm thinking, do you guys want blood in your hands that Putin actually encroaches into Ukraine and captures Kiev? Because I will tell you, that's going to be on the Republicans' hands if that was to happen. Because that should, that had me worried for a second. It really did. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's it's wild. I just want them to forgive all these student loans. You know what I'm saying? That's it. That's that's my. <laughs> we can earmark that. But but again, when it comes to student loans, this is my my view. Uh, I mean, if you have con you know people, if you have politicians in your local districts that will actually, you know, bring it up to Congress for a vote on either side of the house, then you would actually um you actually have full loan forgiveness. I mean, this president has already given us, you know, some form of loan forgiveness for those that qualify. So, I mean, it has to be incremental steps. You can't get it all overnight. That's not how it works. Yeah. It's, it's not the way politics, nothing is going to be oh, overnight for sure. I just, I just, mm -hmm. that's just, I just be griping because I'd be like, no, no I know. <laughs> give me the, give me the money. But let me ask you this. So, so we talked about what we know, the, the, what we know can lead to a, a resolution in, in, in what's happening in Ghana. Do you see that happening anytime in the near future? Uh, and under what circumstances, if you did? Uh, not since what happened in Bethlehem. I highly doubt that. But, you know, that's besides the point. I'm saying, I'm thinking that, you know, um, with BB being how he is, he will stop at nothing to flush or smoke. Hamas members out however he wants to do it like any war it rages on and on and on longer than anybody any country or any government would want it to drag on and the only way I could think of us having you know both sides having a ceasefire is for prisoner swaps mm. um, and you're dealing with a org a terrorist organization whose sole purpose is to annihilate all of Israel out of the, out of the map. Now, how are they going to do that unless you have an atom bomb, which they may be able to actually acquire from Iran? That's a wholly different discussion altogether. But um, you, this has been ongoing for seventy plus years. The difference is that Hamas had made this far more organized and outside the radar of 
Israeli intelligence that they were baffled how they allowed this to happen. And let's not forget that Bibi actually got kind of, in a way instigated all this two months ago. Yeah, I, I, when we talk about a prisoner swap, I definitely think that could help. I just hope we're not on the losing end of it, like the way I feel we were when it came to the Brittany Griner swap. I, I, I felt like even though I know that she was wrongfully arrested and, and imprisoned, I don't know if trading a WNBA player for a weapons dealer that was, you know, that caused the death of thousands of people. I don't mm -hmm. know if that was a fair trade. I think we lost that deal. Um, uh, no, actually, I disagree because we actually got her back because, you know, yeah. for for actually um, having was a drugs in her luggage. Yeah, that no, was no, that's what I said. She was wrongfully imprisoned. I just don't right. know if trading a arms weapons dealer was well, a fair what, trade. What better prisoner are you going to have besides him? You didn't I have anybody else. No, no, I, I, I get that. I just... I, I don't know if that's a fair trade. I think we lost that deal because I get it. The goal was to get her back, but I don't, I, I don't know if it was the best trade that, that I don't know if we won that trade. That, I'm going to just say that because what that person is capable of and was capable of doing. I don't know if, if a basketball player is worth the lives that could potentially be killed or infected through this person i don't know if a, a, of one nba or wnba player well any any athlete i don't know if that athlete was life was worth the potential people but i'm just saying i i hope if we do a trade i i just hope that we come out on the winning side of it as opposed to you know uh i what i felt was on the losing side i'm glad You're that also she's dealing you're I'm also dealing with a dictator who actually had a activist who nobody knew where he was mm -hmm. until for 10 days till we found out he was somewhere in the in the, was it the art arctic somewhere in siberia and mind you this lawyer navalny if you read about him was been poisoned by people from the kremlin he almost died and he's been been trying to um have in an election for an election to actually kick get um legally putin out of office so um you're talking about having negotiations with another dictator yeah. who basically violates his own he basically puts anybody who disagrees with him in moscow in prison for 10 years just for speaking up against him yeah and i i definitely uh i just i think we should have came back with more than just one person for who we gave up i'm i'm basically i'm saying that or, or at least if that one person i just don't know if a, an athlete was if they are it's classified gotcha <laughs> gotcha when it okay. comes to stuff like this mm -hmm. it's not going to be known to the public for a certain amount of years for obvious national security concerns mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so for all we know we had that that the weapons dealer, but there could have been other um, prison other prisoners, but they were classified. They were classified for obvious reasons. Yeah. So I will say that so like, there, we got new one, there are nuances and, to yeah, all this. Yeah. If we, if we got other people back uh, aside from just, 
just one person for who we gave up, then I I'm I'm all for it. I was just like, we got to get more than that. Like, you know, what I mean, I felt like it was mm-hmm. it it wasn't a fair trade. But again, I'm glad she's back, and I she was wrongfully detained, wrongfully held, wrongfully imprisoned, and I think she was tortured a little bit as well too. Absolutely not okay. And I mm-hmm. and she should have never been in that position in the first place. But we're we're coming up on uh, an hour, so I do want to ask you. Um, you know, of course, I know you've been watching the show a, a couple different times. You've given some comments a couple different times and you know, so we've been doing uh, short versions of Wise Word Wednesdays for six years, over six years now. We are now in year seven of Wise Word Wednesdays mm-hmm. where every single week people can go on social media, whether it be Facebook, Instagram, uh, and, and, you know, and check and get some wise words, some, some positive information or something that could potentially help them in their life. And so my question to you would be if there was one wise word that you could leave the people, whether it be about Gaza, Palestine, Israel, or just about life in general, if there was one wise word that you would leave the people with that can potentially help make their life a little bit better or maybe help them understand what's going on in Gaza or in, in, in you know, a, a little bit more or even just about politics, I don't know, whatever, what would that wise word be? This is something I would say for myself. I would say resilience. Mm. Um, Just, you know, because of struggles, I. this is just for me personally, for what I've been through, you know, and where I am right now. I mean, it. if I haven't gone gone through what I've gone through, I definitely will not be the person I am today. Um, especially a person who's actually experienced war itself, the worst experience a human being can go through. Um, if it wasn't for that, I definitely would have a completely different perspective in, in life. Um, so I just appreciate life more because of that. Um, so, and also I, I, I look at, you know, for me, when I see, for example, and this is going to sound a little hard, harsh for some people out there, when I see atrocities on you, like on the news or what have you, for me personally, it doesn't bother me or I just get numb to it because I've seen it before. Right. So, you know, so it's, I'm kind of numb to it as like, oh, well, you know. This is what humans have gone through for centuries. So this is nothing new. It's just is now on cell phones. Mm-hmm, uh, exactly. So, um, so I, I guess resilience would be about the, the best word, especially for myself, um, because it really gives you a different perspective in life that you know most people should go through. What I've been through, because it's it's definitely literally a hell on earth. Should I say? Um, so yeah, that's what I would, that's the best way I could think of. You know, I, I definitely can relate to that wholeheartedly, bro. Like there's a lot of times where obviously I'm not, I haven't, don't have military experience, so I don't have that side of things, but Mm -hmm. there's, you know, just certain traumatic, you know, things that I've had in life, you know, from losing, I've had two younger sisters, you know, that, that, that were murdered. I've. There, there was a huge shooting that happened back in 2021, I think. I remember that. You know, in Sacramento. I, rem- I, remember, I remember that. And I was there and saw it. And so it, you were it, there? I was I didn't there. know you were there. 
I was there, bro. In the vicinity or like a few blocks over? No, I was there. Like I so watched, you knew so you knew the victims then. I watched a, a man shoot 27 times straight. Like when I say I watched, I mean he was within 10 feet of me. I watched him. He was he was shooting that way. Like so, no, he, I, were, I, I I remember the shooter. I I read reports about how it happened. It was. Did you know? Was, did you know? Did you know any of those guys? I I knew one of the people that um that passed. Um, okay. You know, so it was um, yeah, it, it was an unfortunate, yeah, unfortunate thing. But I I, I brought that up just to say that I kind of get that experience as well too, right? Like when you see things happening um in you know in life and in. in it's it's like I said, you become numb to it because of your own personal traumatic experiences, and you just like, hey, it's the way things are, right? People die, unfortunately. People are, you know, innocent people are killed, unfortunately. Um, diseases, all types of things that happen to people in life, and so we get this numbing factor. But I think one of the beautiful things about you know a person like you, and and even a person like me is that we don't, even though it doesn't, it's not hitting the same way it is to a, a, a brand new person, we mm -hmm. don't allow that to stop us from speaking on what we feel is right, right? right. We don't allow it to stop us from still giving a very valid opinion and perspective that we think could help um, other people understand that it's not okay. Even though we mm. understand it, it's just not okay. And I just want to encourage you to, you know, continue to be an advocate for what you believe in, uh, continue to fight in the ways that you have to, to be very outspoken. I mean, since I've known you, you've been outspoken on a lot of controversial stuff. And I think that um, it's necessary because you're educating people who might not know. You know, and right. and to me, that goes a very long way. Again, being right is all about perspective. But I think for me, I've learned over years is that the more perspective I'm able to hear, the more I am better able to or better equipped with the tools to understand the totality of what is happening. Whereas mm -hmm. if I only listen to one side, one person, one perspective, one on the one issue, well, technically all I did was just make a copy of what I heard from that person. And that's it. Reinforcement. Uh, exactly. Whereas too, when you listen to people that have different perspectives, like there's this old saying that a pastor told me a long time ago, he was like, eat the fish and spit out the bones. Sometimes there may be things that that are relatable and sometimes there may be things that you're like nope I don't agree with that but at least you took out what you needed to fill yourself and to be able to pass the right message along to or you know your the perspective along to other people and then allow them to choose for themselves so I just appreciate you um one for supporting the wise word Wednesdays um I definitely appreciate you on that but then two just for being yourself your outspoken self your you know your your knowledgeable self and I do have to say we absolutely have to have you back on in 2024. We might have to do multiple episodes with you. Like I might have to do like, <laughs> um, I, I, I'd be honored. I, I, I love it because again, your, your in-depth perspective, um, especially on this topic. But again, the next topic I want to talk to you about is that ADL 
the you know anti-Semitism perspective. Yeah, and if well, you can like look into that, what the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan's lawsuit is, and we could kind of mm. go into more more in depth about that. And I'll go more into research about it as well too to make sure we're knowledgeable on what we're speaking about. But again, just to give your perspective, um, I love it, and I'm definitely gonna have you on. So, do you have anything coming up? I know you you out of, you out the country right now and living your best life. You know what I'm saying for the holiday. <laughs> but is there anything that you have coming up that maybe you want to let people know about that you got going? on or anything like that uh more travel next year nice um definitely going to lithuania in um was it february and for those who don't know that's where game of thrones is being is has was filmed hey. um in vilnius its capital then i'll be in warsaw in a was it march and then may for my birthday be in paris and mm-hmm. um for Juneteenth, I'm definitely going to go somewhere in 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 this hemisphere, in, in the Western Hemisphere. I just don't know where. Probably Central South America. I'm not sure, but definitely travel because that's what I that's one of my favorite. That's one of my few hobbies I have. Got so. you. So what what uh, he's talking to us right now from a whole nother country. Um, so what I think we'll probably have you do is maybe once every other month or so we'll have you on and we can just have in-depth conversation and as long as it fits within your your time mm-hmm. we can pre-record it or whatever but i just want to say I, I i appreciate you and i want to say thank you to everybody that joined on instagram live we've had quite a few people that came by thank you to symphony for dropping your different comments in there like i i truly appreciate your perspective um, or at least you engaging in the conversation. She's the one that told me about Netanyahu. So I, so I knew who to look up and whatnot. So, uh, in the comments, so I just appreciate everyone for taking time out of their Wednesday It is a holiday season. So I know people got a lot to do and a lot of time to relax and being with loved ones. So I'm super appreciative of y'all spending y'all's time to, to chat with myself and Jason, or just to listen to us chat about this very, very important critical issue that's happening, even though it's on another con- continent, it's still super important to what's going on um, in the world so that way we can be more aware. And you've educated me a lot, Jason. You've given me different insight as well, um, different details and perspectives. And so just I'm, I'm looking forward to having the conversation again in the future about different things. Likewise. Thank you for having me. No problem, man. All right, y'all. FYB presents Wise Word Wednesdays. I'm going to leave y'all like I usually do with a we fresh and I genuinely love you. Y'all take care and have happy holidays. Happy holidays, everybody.